Chapters 29 to 37 of Book 6 of History of Animals by Aristotle. Translated by Darcy Wentworth Thompson. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. 29. The hind, as has been stated, submits to the stag as a rule only under compulsion, as she is unable to endure the male often owing to the rigidity of the penis. However, they do occasionally submit to the stag as the ewe submits to the ram, and when they are in heat, the hinds avoid one another. The stag is not constant to one particular hind, but after a while quits one and mates with others. The breeding time is after the rising of Arcturus, during the months of Boedromion and Mamacterion. The period of gestation lasts for eight months. Conception comes on a few days after intercourse, and a number of hinds can be impregnated by a single male. The hind, as a rule, bears but one fawn, although instances have been known of her casting two. Out of dread of wild beasts she casts her young by the side of the high road. The young fawn grows with rapidity. Menstruation occurs at no other time with the hind. It takes place only after parturition, and the substance is phlegm-like. The hind leads the fawn to her lair. This is her place of refuge, a cave with a single inlet, inside which she shelters herself against attack. Fabulous stories are told concerning the longevity of the animal, but the stories have never been verified, and the brevity of the period of gestation and the rapidity of growth in the fawn would not lead one to attribute extreme longevity to this creature. In the mountain called Elephois, or Deer Mountain, which is in Arginusa in Asia Minor, the place, by the way, where Alcibiades was assassinated, all the hinds have the ear split, so that if they stray to a distance they can be recognized by this mark, and the embryo actually has the mark while yet in the womb of the mother. The hind has four teats like the cow. After the hinds have become pregnant, the males all segregate one by one, and in consequence of the violence of their sexual passions they keep each one to himself, dig a hole in the ground, and bellow from time to time. In all these particulars they resemble the goat, and their foreheads, from getting wetted, become black, as is also the case with the goat. In this way they pass the time until the rain falls, after which time they turn to pasture. The animal acts in this way owing to its sexual wantonness, and also to its obesity, for in summer time it becomes so exceptionally fat as to be unable to run. In fact, at this period they can be overtaken by the hunters that pursue them on foot in the second or third run, and, by the way, in consequence of the heat of the weather and their getting out of breath, they always make for water in their runs. In the rutting season the flesh of the deer is unsavory and rank, like the flesh of the he-goat. In winter time the deer becomes thin and weak, but towards the approach of the spring he is at his best for running. 
when on the run the deer keeps pausing from time to time and waits until his pursuer draws upon him whereupon he starts off again this habit appears due to some internal pain at all events the gut is so slender and weak that if you strike the animal ever so softly it is apt to break asunder though the hide of the animal remains sound and uninjured thirty bears as has been previously stated do not copulate with the male mounting the back of the female but with the female lying down under the male the she-bear goes with young for thirty days she brings forth sometimes one cub sometimes two cubs and at most five of all animals the newly born cub of the she-bear is the smallest in proportion to the size of the mother that is to say it is larger than a mouse but smaller than a weasel it is also smooth and blind and its legs and most of its organs are as yet inarticulate pairing takes place in the month of laphibolion and parturition about the time for retiring into winter quarters about this time the bear and the she-bear are at the fattest after the she-bear has reared her young she comes out of her winter lair in the third month when it is already spring the female porcupine by the way hibernates and goes with young the same number of days as the she-bear and in all respects as to parturition resembles this animal when a she-bear is with young it is a very hard task to catch her thirty one it has already been stated that the lion and lioness copulate rearwards and that these animals are opistoretic they do not copulate nor bring forth at all seasons indiscriminately but once in the year only the lioness brings forth in the spring generally two cubs at a time and six at the very most but sometimes only one the story about the lioness discharging her womb in the act of parturition is a pure fable and was merely invented to account for the scarcity of the animal for the animal is as is well known a rare animal and is not found in many countries in fact in the whole of europe it is only found in the strip between the rivers Achelous and Nessus. The cubs of the lioness when newly born are exceedingly small and can scarcely walk when two months old. The Syrian lion bears cubs five times, five cubs at the first litter, then four, then three, then two, and lastly one. After this the lioness ceases to bear for the rest of her days. The lioness has no mane, but this appendage is peculiar to the lion. The lion sheds only the four so-called canines, two in the upper jaw and two in the lower, and it sheds them when it is six months old. 32. The hyena in color resembles the wolf, but is more shaggy and is furnished with a mane running all along the spine what is recounted concerning its genital organs to the effect that every hyena is furnished with the organ both of the male and the female is untrue the fact is that the sexual organ of the male hyena resembles the same organ in the wolf and in the dog the part resembling the female genital organ lies underneath the tail and does to some extent resemble the female organ but it is unprovided with duct or passage 
and the passage for the residuum comes underneath it. The female hyena has the part that resembles the organ of the male, and, as in the case of the male, has it underneath her tail, unprovided with duct or passage, and after it the passage for the residuum, and underneath this the true female genital organ. The female hyena has a womb like all other female animals of the same kind. It is an exceedingly rare circumstance to meet with a female hyena. At least a hunter said that out of eleven hyenas he had caught, only one was a female. 33. Hares copulate in a rearward posture, as has been stated, for the animal is opistheretic. They breed and bear at all seasons, superfetate during pregnancy, and bear young every month. They do not give birth to their young ones altogether at one time, but bring them forth at intervals over as many days as the circumstances of each case may require. The female is supplied with milk before parturition, and after bearing submits immediately to the male, and is capable of conception while suckling her young. The milk, in consistency, resembles sow's milk. The young are born blind, as is the case with the greater part of the physipeds, or toad animals. 34. The fox mounts the vixen in copulation, and the vixen bears young like the she-bear. In fact, her young ones are even more inarticulately formed. Before parturition she retires to sequestered places, so that it is a great rarity for a vixen to be caught while pregnant. After parturition she warms her young, and gets them into shape by licking them. She bears four at most at a birth. 35. The wolf resembles the dog in regard to the time of conception and parturition, the number of the litter and the blindness of the newborn young. The sexes couple at one special period, and the female brings forth at the beginning of the summer. There is an account given of the parturition of the she-wolf that borders on the fabulous, to the effect that she confines her lying in to within twelve particular days of the year, and they give the reason for this in the form of a myth, we did a leaket, that when they transported Leto in so many days from the land of the Hyperboreans to the island of Delos, she assumed the form of a she-wolf to escape the anger of Hera. Whether the account be correct or not has not yet been verified. I give it merely as it is currently told. There is no more of truth in the current statement that the she-wolf bears once and only once in her lifetime. The cat and the ichneumon bear as many young as the dog, and live on the same food. They live about six years. The cubs of the panther are born blind, like those of the wolf, and the female bears four at the most at one birth. The particulars of conception are the same for the thos or civet, as for the dog. The cubs of the animal are born blind, and the female bears two or three or four at a birth. It is long in the body and low in stature, but notwithstanding the shortness of its legs, it is exceptionally fleet of foot, owing to the suppleness of its frame and its capacity for leaping. 36. 
there is found in Syria a so-called mule. It is not the same as the cross between the horse and ass, but resembles it just as a wild ass resembles the domesticated congener, and derives its name from the resemblance. Like the wild ass, this wild mule is remarkable for its speed. The animals of this species interbreed with one another, and a proof of this statement may be gathered from the fact that a certain number of them were brought into Phrygia in the time of Pharnassus, the father of Pharnabazus, and the animal is there still. The number originally introduced was nine, and there are three there at the present day. 37. The phenomena of generation in regard to the mouse are the most astonishing, both for the number of the young and for the rapidity of recurrence in the births. On one occasion a she-mouse, in a state of pregnancy, was shut up by accident in a jar containing millet-seed, and after a little while the lid of the jar was removed, and upwards of one hundred and twenty mice were found inside it. The rate of propagation of field-mice in country places, and the destruction that they cause, are beyond all telling. In many places their number is so incalculable that but a very little of the corn crop is left to the farmer, and so rapid is their mode of proceeding that sometimes a small farmer will one day observe that it is time for reaping, and on the following morning, when he takes his reapers afield, he finds his entire crop devoured. Their disappearance is unaccountable. In a few days not a mouse will there be to be seen and yet in the time before these few days men failed to keep down their numbers by fumigating and unearthing them, or by regularly hunting them and turning in swine upon them, for pigs, by the way, turn up the mouse-holes by rooting with their snouts. Foxes also hunt them, and the wild ferrets in particular destroy them, but they make no way against the prolific qualities of the animal, and the rapidity of its breeding. When they are superabundant, nothing succeeds in thinning them down except the rain, but after heavy rains they disappear rapidly. In a certain district of Persia, when a female mouse is dissected, the female embryos appear to be pregnant. Some people assert, and positively assert, that a female mouse, by licking salt, can become pregnant without the intervention of the male. Mice in Egypt are covered with bristles, like the hedgehog. There is also a different breed of mice that walk on their two hind legs. Their front legs are small, and their hind legs long. The breed is exceedingly numerous. There are many other breeds of mice than are here referred to. End of chapter 37 and end of book 6